Welcome to Torah Imecha Parsha. My name is Michal Horowitz, and today we will be studying Parshas Vayeshev. With Parshas Vayeshev, we move into the story of Yosef, whose last name is Tzadik, in full force. The last four Parshios of the book of Bereshus deal extensively with the story of Yosef HaTzadik and his interactions and relations with the Shvatim, and ultimately the beginning of the Egyptian exile when Yaakov and his family will go down to Egypt. However, I am definitely jumping ahead of myself. Paraglamid Zion. Let me just give you the partial overview, actually. Paraglamid Zion is the famous sale of Yosef HaTzadik. His dreams, telling it to his brothers. They go to shepherd the flocks. They see Yosef coming. Yosef ultimately is sold down to Egypt. Paraglamid Ches takes a break from the story of Yosef to tell us about Yehuda and Tamar, ultimately from whom Mashiach will be born. Paraglamid Tess finds Yosef in the house of Potiphar. Specifically, we read the narrative of Ashes Potiphar, the wife of his master who daily tries to seduce him. Ultimately, she frames Yosef and says, he tries to seduce me. Paraglamid finds Yosef in jail with the butler and a baker where he correctly interprets their dreams. Okay, overview of a very dramatic and exciting Parsha. So the Parsha begins and tells us that Yaakov dwelt in the land of his father's sojourns, in the lands of Canaan. Yosef was 17 years old. He was a shepherd with his brothers, with the flocks. He used to hang out with the sons of Bilha and the sons of Bilha. Bilha and Zilpah, the wives of his father, Rashi explains that's because the sons of Leah could not tolerate him. And Yosef used to tell their father, Yaakov, bad reports about the brothers. Furthermore, to make matters even worse, it's not enough that the lad is speaking Lashon Hara at 17 years old about his older brothers, the sons of Leah, the Yisrael Ahav et Yosef Mikol Banav. Yaakov loved Yosef from all his sons because he was the son of his old age. Targum Onkel says, what does that mean? Are bar chakim Yosef was a wise one. And therefore Yaakov loved him more than all the other children. He made him a Ksonis possum, a special multicolored coat that the other brothers did not have. And the brothers see the father loves him from other brothers. By Yisnu also, and they hate him, and they cannot speak to him in peace. And Yosef dreams a dream, and now the story is going to get even more dramatic. And he tells his brother and they brothers, and they continue to hate him. And he says, "Listen to this dream that I dreamt. Behold, we are binding sheaves of wheat in the field, and your sheaves gathered around, and you all bow down." But my sheep of wheat. And the brothers say, Will you be king over us? You think you're going to be ruler over us? And they continue to hate him. Now they hate him for his dreams and they hate him for his words. And he has another dream and he tells it to his brothers. And the heavenly bodies are bowing down to me. Would you believe it? And his father chastises him. He says, what is this dream that you dreamt? Do you think I, your mother, mother is already dead and your brothers will come bow down to you? And now we have a new element, a new feeling of animosity. The brothers are jealous. So the story is set. The stage is set. The brothers are jealous of Yosef. They hate Yosef. They cannot speak to him in peace. He is father's favorite one. One day, the brothers go out to pasture the flocks of their father's sheep in Shrem. Shrem has ominous ringing to it. As we learned last week, there was already a violation of the daughter of Yaakov. In Shechem. And the brothers go out to pasture land near Shechem. And who should Yaakov send to check on his brothers? None other than 
Yosef. I will send you. And Yosef says, here I am. He says, go see the peace of your brothers and the welfare of the flocks and bring me back word. And he sends him from the valley of Hebron and he arrives in Shram and he finds a man and he can't find his brothers. And the man says, what are you looking for? And he says, I'm seeking my brothers. Do you know where they are? And the man says, yes, they left here. They said, let's go to Dasson. And Yosef goes and he finds his brother in Dasson. Vayiru oso meirachok, faithful words. It doesn't just mean geographically they see him from afar, but there is always a distance. Vayiru oso, they perceive him. They relate to him. They see him from a distance. There is always a divide between the favorite son of Yaakov, born to Rachel, the favorite wife, and the sons of Leah. Ayar Hashem kisnu Leah. God saw that Leah was hated. There is always a divide between Yosef, the son of the beloved wife, and the Bnei Leah. And before he can even come close, they plot against him, to kill him. And each man says to his brother, Here comes the master of dreams, and let us kill him, and we'll throw him into one of these pits, and we will say a wild animal consumed him. Let's see what will become of these dreams. Reuven the Bechar, a tragic figure in the book of Bereshus, who knows he has a responsibility of the Bukhar, but time and again cannot live up to the koach inherent and the responsibility of being the firstborn. Reuven hears and he saves him from their hands. Now, of course, Reuven does not ultimately save Yosef. He intends to save him, but he cannot. And he says, let us not afflict a soul. And Reuven says, don't spill blood. Throw him into this pit that is in the desert. Do not send your hand forth against him. What was Reuven's intention? Can you imagine Reuven intended to save him from their hands, to return him to father? Now, the Pasuk has told us, I'm in Perak Laman Zayim, Sukkim Chaf Aleph, through Chabes, that Reuven saved Yosef, that Reuven intended to save Yosef from them, that Reuven would bring him home to fathers. And the Medjush famously says, had Reuven known that the Torah would have written, he saved him from their hands, he would have carried Yosef home on his shoulders. Sometimes we don't believe in ourselves enough. Sometimes we don't realize the koach, the latent capabilities inherent in our own personalities to get the job done. And so we shy away or we say, I can't remember the book, The Little Engine That Could. I used to read it to my children when they were much younger. We don't think we can, and so we don't. And Reuven teaches us that we must find a belief in ourselves. How tragic. He intended to come back and save Yosef, but by the time he came back, Yosef had disappeared in the caravan over the horizon. And it was when Yosef reaches his brothers, they strip Yosef of his cloak and they throw him into the pit and the pit is empty. There is no water. We know famously there are snakes and scorpions in the pit. And they sit down to have a meal and they lift their eyes and here comes a caravan of Yishma'elim coming from Gilad. And the camels in this caravan are bearing spices, utsiri and balsam, velot. Lotus, they are taking their spices to go down to Egypt. And Yehuda, Malchus, 
the powerful one, the fourth son, who ultimately trumps over Reuven, of course. And Yehuda says to his brothers, what is the point of killing our brother and covering up his blood? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelim. Let's not put forth our hand. And Yehuda represents Malchus and leadership. The brothers listen to him, not like Reuven, but Yishmu Achav. The brothers listen to Yehuda. He possesses a certain capability. And here in this story, in the fields of Shechem and then Dosan, we see the inherent personality differences between Ruvain the Bachar and Yehuda Malchus. Ruvain is the Bachar, but he is weak. Pachas Kamaim al You are as unstable as water, in Parak Memtes, his father says to him. Whereas Yehuda is a Gur Arya Yehuda. Yehuda is like a lion who rouses himself until he gets Malchus. Ultimately, Yosef is picked up from the pit and he is sold for 20 pieces of silver. Yosef ends up in Egypt. Reuven comes back to the pit. Yosef is not there. He tears his clothing. The lad is not here. How can I go up? Where should I go to father? Everyone tries to comfort father. They show him the Ksonus possum. He says, my son has been torn to shreds. It's a disaster. I want to quote Rashi to Pasuk Chafhei. Okay. I already mentioned in the Pshat that the camels in this caravan of Yishmaelim are carrying spices. Rashi says, Why does the Torah make known what the camels are carrying? Like, who cares what the camels are carrying down to Egypt? Just tell me that Yosef was sold in the caravan. Why do I need to know what the camels were carrying? Rashi says, To make known the reward of the righteous. It is not the way of Arab merchants to carry anything but petroleum and resin which stink. Usually, this type of care, type of caravan would have foul-smelling substances. The But for this one, Yosef, Hashem arranged it that the caravan was full of pleasing spices. Why? So that Yosef should not be harmed by the foul odor. So it was a chesed of Hashem and their spices in the... Um, caravan instead of petroleum and resin and there's nothing that smells bad and also if we'll have a beautiful trip down to Egypt. A couple of years ago I was in Los Angeles for the OU West Coast National Convention and uh, Charlie Harari was also there and at the Sunday morning tour LA it's called oh OU OU program so it was the OU West Coast Convention I went there a couple of years uh, to speak for them and Charlie Harari, one of the years, was also a speaker. And on Sunday morning, I attended his year. And he brought up a point that I really had never considered before, which I think is very powerful, and which I think of every time I come across this Rashi and Parshas Vayeshev, and I will share it with you. Charlie Harari said, Yosef is being sold down to Egypt. Okay, he's on a caravan. His brothers hate him. He's 17. They pretend he's dead. They tear up his cloak. His mother already died when he was eight years old. He's an orphan. Everybody hates him. He only gets along with the Bnei Bilha and the Bnei Zilpa. Big deal. It smells like cinnamon. That's the consolation. (laughs) Wow. It smells like cinnamon. Great. There's no petroleum in the caravan. There's no stinky fuel in the caravan. There's no resin in the caravan. Wonderful. It smells like cinnamon. So while I'm on my way to Egypt, to the slave box, to be sold and bought by Potiphar, who, by the way, Onkos translates as Sarha Tabachim, the chief executioner, it smells like cinnamon. Thank you, Hashem. It smells like cinnamon. 
I don't think it's a little bizarre. Yaakov Avinu was running away. Parachov Ches, the famous dream. We spoke about that a few weeks ago. And there's God at the top of the ladder. I will be with you. I will guard you. Your children will burst forth. There's a famine in the land. And Hashem says to Yitzchak, do not descend to Egypt. I am the God of your fathers. And there's Hashem. Avram. Hashem is always speaking to Avram. Noah. Hashem speaks to Noah. Cain was a murderer. Hashem speaks to Cain. Adam, the first sinner. God and him are like best friends. And here's Yosef, whose last name is Tzadik, on the caravan. And it smells like cinnamon. And Yosef's supposed to be happy. And we're supposed to learn a lesson. He's being sold on the slave block to that chief executioner. He could send him to the guillotine. Okay, he doesn't, but that's not the point. He could, and his brothers hate him. And according to some version, he thinks his father's in on the sale. Because why would father send him to find brothers who he knows hate him? And it smells like cinnamon. Gee, thanks, that's great. Cinnamon, wonderful. It doesn't smell like petroleum. That's all you could do? <laughs> It's like a schmack question. So Charlie Arari answered something very, very interesting. He said, this is the first time in the Torah that we have God speaking in human language, not in God language. Until this point, Hashem is speaking in godly language. God took Avram out of his muzzle and he said, count the stars. That's how your children will be. God's at the top of a ladder. God's talking to Noah from a rainbow. God's talking to Adam in the Garden of Eden. It's godly language. Man must rise to the occasion to speak and understand godly language. This is the first time in the Torah, said Charlie Harari, that we have Hashem coming down Kaviyacha to that stinky caravan of Orchas Yishma'elim told Yosef's hand and speak in a language that Yosef understands. Shefala, I know this is really hard for you, but sometimes life is really hard. But I want you to stop and smell the roses along the way. Life might be difficult and painful. We all have Nisyonos. But look for the good. Look for the positive. Look for the benefits. Look for the cinnamon. Because that's Hashem talking to us in a language that we understand. That's God. Not bringing us to the top of his ladder. Not bringing us to the red and the rainbow. Not bringing us up to the Garden of Eden. Not bringing us over the stars. It's Hashem talking to us. The small gifts along the way to make the burden of life a little bit easier. I'm right here with you, the Rubanj Olm is saying. I'm in the caravan. And how do you know? Because it smells like cinnamon. Yosef, I'm here. I'm talking to you, not in godly language, but in human language. If we just but look for him, the Rubanj Olm is everywhere in our lives. Sometimes we see him in the grandeur of Niagara Falls or the Grand Canyon. And sometimes... We see him in the, quote, small things that come our way. And that's Hashem talking to us in language we can all understand. I wish you a wonderful Shabbos. Ba'azrat Hashem, Torah Imecha Parsha will continue next week. Thank you for learning with me.